What is up, guys? Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And it is the 4th of July, and it's weird how, like, it. I know that the 4th of July has to come on a different day every single year, but when it's in the middle of the week, it just feels so weird. Like, it's Tuesday and it's a holiday and I like, I'm excited to go out and watch some fireworks and such, but like, I feel guilty. Like I should be working. Part of that is, you know, being something that works for yourself. You don't have like a scheduled day off. You schedule your own days off and it definitely feels really weird. Um, but I have like just a few different things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, and I titled this episode, do you have fat loss, PTSD, post-traumatic stress, disorder. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> um, I'm literally just like, I finished a hero workout this morning, but I want to kind of go into, you know, just this feeling of that and, and like not obviously diagnosing you with something, but just kind of wanted to make something out there that I think a lot of people don't realize that they have like fear around fat loss for a number of different reasons. And I want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about where we are in the year right now. And I want to start off with something a little bit fun because it is 4th of July and give you guys just something fun to think about today because it's a holiday. And a lot of people really struggle with food decisions when they're in social settings or they don't struggle in the moment, but then the days after the holiday, they feel really guilty about their food choices or even in the moment they're thinking about things that they really aren't being present. So first and foremost, like it's a holiday. And I want you guys to all understand that like when people talk about like there's no bad or good foods, this is why they say that. We all know there's going to be foods that are more nutrient dense and foods are going to be more calorie dense. But the goal really is to get people to understand that at the end of the day, if Every once in a while, you have a day where your foods are more calorie dense and less nutrient dense. That's okay. So maybe you decide to have dessert today and there's not a whole bunch of vitamins and minerals in it, but hey, there's some carbs. You're going to go hit a really hard workout tomorrow, or maybe you did a really hard workout this morning and you're going to be able to recover a little bit better from that. That's okay every once in a while. And I think when people get into this mindset of like, they have to be perfect all the time and that these days like totally mess them up is where they run into problems because now they're, you know, like trying to make up for it for days and weeks. And at the end of the day, the amount of calories you eat today, isn't really going to be that bad. Um, unless you turn yourself into somebody who is like, Oh my gosh, last supper mentality. I've got to eat everything in sight. And that likely happens frequently. And I don't want to make this episode about that because I think that if you're a follower of mine, you know, that I do put out a lot of content that tells you guys, Hey, like one day is not going to screw you up. I want to make the first part of this a little bit more fun. And right now I only got two people listening. I'm actually not expecting a huge lot of engagement today because it is a holiday and a lot of people are probably getting ready for barbecues and such. But uh, I want to talk about barbecue food. I want to talk about summertime. And, and I think that food is always talked about like food is fuel and food is this and we're focused so much. But is it ever okay just to be like, hey, like, what are some of your favorite foods to eat in the summertime? So I'm going to kind of like think right with you guys. I haven't even made a list myself, but some of my favorite summertime foods, and I would love to hear if anybody is watching, 
some of your guys' favorite summertime foods, some, some of the things you guys look forward to at barbecues. Cause I'm going to also tell you guys, a lot of those things are actually not that bad. If I think about a lot of the foods that people like to enjoy on holidays, like 4th of July, it's not like heavy pastas with tons of sauces. It's, it's really light and refreshing things. I'm going to go over some of my favorite summertime foods. And some of you guys will be like, oh, that's so healthy. I don't care. It's what I like. Okay. So let's start off with like my snack foods. I call these like my appetizers. I love watermelon. Watermelon is probably like my favorite summertime fruit. Um, a lot of people right now are in a mango kick. You have no idea how many people have asked me, do you like mango? Do you like mango? Because apparently seasonally right now, like the mango trees are just like, there's mangoes everywhere. Like I've had so many people give me mangoes right now. Um, I'm pretty much going to be making like mango sorbet, mango ice cream, mango everything for the next couple of months. But cool thing is you can freeze it. Um, but I love me some watermelon. Watermelon and cottage cheese sounds like a weird pairing, but if you like sweet and salty, trust me, give it a shot. So one of the things I look forward to at a barbecue is having those fruit trays where they have like the melon out. Um, that's like something that I really enjoy. That's like probably like my snacky type food. Other things, I like grapes too. Um, other of like the appetizer type foods that I love is I love like cheese and crackers. Like I love like some cheese and on some like nice whole grain crackers, like tr Triscuits even like, you know, I just love that. Like the, the saltiness and the crunchiness. Like I love a good, I can't say this word, charcuterie, <laughs> charcuterie board, whatever it is. A really fancy way of saying cheese and crackers. Um, I love that kind of stuff. So when I go to a barbecue, that's typically going to be like where I get myself into trouble with like just eating a little bit too much. So what I try and do is like, not giving you guys tips, but like I'll plan out, like I'm going to have like three or four crackers and I like, slice it out. I don't like over obsess about it, but I do. That's like, like my appetizer. That's my favorite thing. When it comes to like the actual food for the holiday, I love me a burger. I love me a burger, burger. I'm not too particular about like what type of meat people are using. Like I know that, but I, I just like a nice burger. I like my bun toasted. I like some lettuce and tomato, a little bit of fresh pickle, mustard, and I am a happy camper. Yes, there has to be cheese on it. And if there's mustard, I don't need ketchup, but if there's no mustard, I will do ketchup. Love me a good old American burger. I don't need the French fries. I just want that nice toasted roll. Um, that's probably like my favorite thing to look forward to at a barbecue. Uh, in terms of like the main dish. And then when it comes to like summertime desserts, I know that a lot of people are like s'mores in the summer and I do like s'mores, but they were never really a summertime dessert for me because I live in Florida and in Florida it's freaking hot. Okay. So we don't do campfires in July. It's too damn hot. All right. So <laughs> when I'm doing s'mores, it's typically going to be in the winter time when I'm camping, not in the middle of summer. However, I do love some cheesecake. I like cheesecake. The graham cracker crust, that cheese, that nice light cheesecake with even maybe like a little bit of like a strawberry topping. Uh, love me some cheesecake for dessert. Um, I also like ice cream, uh, a good old fashioned waffle cone, which typically isn't going to be at a barbecue, but that's the kind of dessert that I'm going to look forward to in the summertime. Something that's light and refreshing. Um, that's probably like my favorite other things I love is like, I love like grilled veggies, 
like I, I love like kebabs, like zucchini peppers on a, on a zucchini on like one of those kebab sticks on the grill with some shrimp. Oh, that's also really good. Like I, I love that like fresh food, um, seafood also great in the summertime, but I want to know, like, what are some of your favorite summertime foods? Uh, because I think a lot of people just focus on like the stuff that's like year round. Y'all can get tortilla chips in any grocery store, like any time of the day, like they just don't do it for me, but I'm not every person, you know? So I wanted to start the episode by making it a little bit fun. And because I think that people focus so much on like the healthiest things to eat and all that stuff. And they don't ever get to like, really just enjoy, like what foods do you enjoy? In fact, I often ask my clients this when they're like, I'm getting so bored of my food. I'm like, well, what food do you like to eat when you're like not trying to lose weight? Because we should probably be eating those foods now <laughs> and learning how to make healthier versions of them. By the way, don't mind my hat. I got done working out today and it is hair wash day for sure. So y'all want to see my top? It's ugh, so I'm just going to hide it. <laughs> Anyways, that's my little summertime fun for you guys today before I get into today's episode. So next piece of this is before I get into the fat loss PC PTSD, because this is also part of segueing into that is we are officially six months into 2023. It is actually about four days beyond the, the halfway point of the year. And I know that there is kind of like a mixture of people. Some people have kind of given up the new year's resolutions. Other people are like, they still kind of half-assed think that they're going to do something, but they don't really commit they're like, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And then you got that group of people that are like, oh, I'm doing a new year's resolution and I'm going to see X, Y, Z happen this year. Uh, and when I was looking up statistics, the last statistics that I could find were from 2021. And it said that 46% of people will still be um, finding success with their new year's resolution come middle of the year. Uh, and that's actually, I was actually surprised that it was that high. I honestly didn't think that 46% of people would still be pursuing their new year's resolution goals, but it got me thinking about the other 54% and what really makes or breaks the people that are still going and the ones that have already given up. And I, I kind of wrote down a couple of things because if that is you and, and it might not even be the new year, but maybe you find yourself like you're that person. It's like you get into a place, like it's usually the, the new year because after the holidays, everybody's so like, Oh, I feel so heavy, all this food I've been eating. And I just can't wait to like, just get a reset. And they want that reset come the new year. So it just got me thinking about like, all right, like what really is going on in people's minds that actually give up versus the people that keep going. And I wrote down a couple of things that I'm just going to say, and, and like I said, guys, if y'all want to comment on anything here, I am kind of keeping the comments open so I can see if anybody posts anything. So definitely feel free to share your two cents here. So I'm going to do what's called like a little New Year's check-in before I get into today's episode. So you guys, I know if you're waiting to hear about the fat loss PTCSD, you're just going to have to stay listening. Um, so number one is like, let's do this New Year's re resolution check-in. All right. So most people set up the new year with some type of goal, even if they don't actually commit to the goal in the beginning of the year, everybody is thinking about something, whether they choose to pursue a New Year's resolution or not, there's something in their mind and they've either said, Hey, I'm not that person that commits to something and then doesn't do it. Or they're like, no, I'm going to try it this way again. So as you guys are doing this new year's resolution check-in, I think if you're listening, you should really think back to this. It's a really good exercise for you to do. What did you actually want to achieve? All right. 
that's number one to think about when you're doing this New Year's, Eve, New Year's resolution check-in because we are officially at the six-month mark and it's a great place for you to check in on progress. What did you want to achieve this year? I wanted to lose 20 pounds. I wanted to get more consistent in the gym. I wanted to, you know, commit to cooking more at home. I wanted to commit to some kind of personal development, whatever it was. And it was typically something that you wanted to do because it was going to benefit you in some way, shape or form, whether it was going to be building your confidence, getting you ready for the summertime. And now you're looking down at your abs and you're like, man, that was a failure. I was hoping to be looking shredded by summertime. And here I am still at square one. Okay. So what did you want to achieve? Like, what was your goal at the beginning of the year? And, and on a, on a, a scale of one to 10, how much did that goal mean to you? Second part of this is what was the plan to achieve it? And this is part one of where people go wrong is that they don't look at the six month mark. They don't look at the nine month mark. They don't look at the 12 month mark. They look at the day one mark and they're like, and that's, that's totally good. I'm all about taking things day by day. But what I mean by that is their plan isn't built in a way that is going to be conducive to be able to be adjusted for the changes that they've made in their life throughout the year. You know, we're not always in the same season. Right now we're in summertime. A lot of people are home with kids, doing more travel. It's not the same as the middle of March when everybody's in work and kids are in school and all that stuff. It's very different. And the fall looks very different and the winter looks very different. So they're not, if you, if you had a plan and the plan wasn't built with flexibility in your seasons in life, it's also likely why the second shit got hard. You're like, well, this ain't going to work this year. You're going to have to wait till next year again. Um, so what was your plan? And, and did you actually look beyond that first couple of days? This is where people don't understand the value of having a coach. And this is not a plug for coaching, but maybe it is a plug for coaching is when you have a coach that says like, Hey, like I asked my clients, like, especially this time of year, I'm like, got anything going on this week? Are you traveling at all in the next month or so? Because when I'm looking at what I'm doing with them from a diet or nutrition perspective, I have to take into consideration what's coming. And like, if I have a client, that's like, I'm going on vacation the first week of July. I'm like, okay, great. Like, let's really keep things tightened up for the last two weeks of June. Uh, make a little bit of progress. We're going to take a maintenance week the week of your vacation. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Great. We learn how to be flexible and, and work with the schedule. Okay, so what was your plan to achieve it? Is it sustainable for you? And then, and then the last thing about this is, as we know now what your plan was or wasn't, okay, what worked and what didn't. We all learn something even from our worst attempts at fat loss, hands down. And I'm going to talk about fat loss. Even your worst diets have taught you something. They taught you what did not work for you. Hands down. If you keep going back to that same diet, you're going to keep getting the exact same results. I tried keto. It worked great for me. I lost 50 pounds, but I put it all back on. So I'm going to go back to keto. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if the diet did not keep the weight off, it didn't work. And then the person's going to say, well, no, it wasn't the problem wasn't the diet. It was that life got busy and this happened, that happened. Once again, the diet did not work with your lifestyle or your stress levels. It wasn't adaptable. You were in a place to be consistent with that despite life. So what worked and what didn't? I tried keto, but it was entirely too restrictive for me. Although I lost a lot of weight 
it was really hard to get back into eating normally. And I didn't really feel comfortable eating carbohydrates. And then I would eat too much of them. And I just feel like stressed out now about it. Okay. So like what worked and what didn't? I tried tracking macros and it worked really great, but I started to find myself getting obsessed. And then it was hard for me to be flexible when I went out to eat or, or plan meals with my kids. There's so many things that you guys have to understand, like what worked and what didn't. Because if you're sitting here at the six month mark and you're like, what do I need to change? It, it's not waiting until it's the perfect time. It's saying, all right, like you can start over today or tomorrow. And that's why I'm saying this because we are six months into the year, which means you have six months left of 2023. And rather than starting a new plan at the beginning of the year, you can start a plan right now on July 4th. You can commit to something that you can say, hey, I'm committed to being patient with my results, but impatient with my actions. I'm taking action today to make the rest of this year better than the beginning of this year. And that's somebody who's going to take their failures from earlier this year and learn from them. And that's really what I wanted to kind of talk about today in terms of the six month number. I was going to make an Instagram post about this and maybe I still will, but I just feel like there's just so much to talk about with this. 90 seconds on a reel, just not enough time. So anyways, segueing into today's main topic, because the reason I'm saying this first is that a lot of people have PTSD about making resolutions, the, the stress, the, the feeling of failure they get, the, you know, they just, all of that is now in their head and they're like, I don't even want to feel that again. And I want to really talk about this fat loss PTSD because it is a real thing. And I'm going to give you guys a couple of different scenarios to consider. So you can kind of, like, maybe that is me. All right. So let's kind of go into my notes here because I want to kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, what I want to talk about this fat loss PD, PTSD. All right. So when it comes to fat loss, there is a level of effort that we all have to expect, right? So the main thing is, oh, before I get into this, I have, I have somebody that just asked a question. So I got to, I got to, I tried keto. It was awful. Missed fruit. One day I ate a bell pepper and killed my carbs for the day. I lost 12 pounds quickly, water weight, then gained 17 pounds over the next six weeks before I quit. My thighs looked like cottage cheese. Keto was not for me. Really hoping this month can unlock something else for me. I don't have your name, Facebook um, user, but I definitely will tell you that if you go into this month with the right mindset and the right tools, you absolutely can make this month much better. And that comes down to learning that keto was too restrictive, that fruit is not bad for your diet and learning how to balance things out. So if you need more help with that, definitely post up or you can actually just shoot me a DM and I would love to be able to help you. Um, but kind of go back into fat loss, PTSD, talk about fat loss, PTSD. That's a great example of fat loss, PTSD. Hey, Jen, this person tried keto. Do you think that when this person thinks about going back to keto again, they're thinking about it with like all bubbly feelings, warm and fuzzy? Absolutely not. That person's like, oh my God, I remember how bad I felt keto flu. Guys, you should not ever have to experience a flu-like feeling from your diet. If you do, don't let anybody tell you that you're detoxing or any of that shit. That's not necessary. Okay. Your diet should always make you feel better, not worse. 
The only thing that sometimes feels hard when you're changing your diet is that you might feel a little bit restricted if you're used to being free and eating whatever you want. And you are now told, hey, we got to hold things back a little bit. That's it. But it should never feel like crap. You should never feel like crap. Okay. So let's get started on this topic now because I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit off track here. All right. So what I mean by fat loss PTSDs. Here, PTSD, this is what I mean, is that you have likely tried so many things in the past to lose weight. And maybe some of them have worked, like the keto thing. They've worked, um, but there's a few things that you experience, all right? Crash diets and restriction. You remember how you had to be so unbelievably disciplined at that point in your life. So I'm going to talk about people that have actually seen some success. You crash dieted, you lost a ton of weight, 5, 10, 20, 50 pounds, but you were like super like obsessed with the, with the plan. Like you, you were not veering off of things. You like didn't, and, and everybody knew you were on a fat loss journey. Like you were like so open about it. So excited about it. Like I'm doing this and like, and you were like excited, but deep inside you were also like light at the end of the tunnel. Once I get to that weight, once I get to that weight, once I get to that weight, and guess what? Every time you lost another pound, it's another pound. It's another pound. Like you never, you were never satisfied. And you just kept going. You kept dieting until you fucking burned out. You're like, this shit is just not worth it. And in the beginning, you're like, oh, it was, it was only one day. It's not that big of a deal. Then you start to have the post-diet PTSD. Because now you're realizing that you can't maintain this lifestyle and you start to have days where you like feel like you have no willpower. And now you're feeling like shit about yourself because you're no longer able to keep up that. And you're like, why am I, I was so disciplined before. And now I, I can't do it anymore. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And like, that's in your head, right? The obsession with your body, when you wake up in the morning and you're weighing yourself every single day and it's not going down or it's going down and you're excited about that. That's getting your day started. Maybe you remember like having to really, you know, pull back on social stuff. Okay. So all of these things, right. If you've, if you've successfully lost weight, but you've done it in one of these ways that really, really, really cause you to be like hyper-focused in this obsession with your plan. You also now feel like the only way you can achieve the body you want is by those methods. And in your head, all the moderation in the world is not going to work like that did. And you're right. It might be a little bit slower. It might not be as quick. But guess what? The faster you get the results doesn't mean they're going to last that long. Perfect case scenario. Most of these people that have done this have PTSD because they don't want to go back there. They know how shitty they felt. And that's why they didn't maintain the weight. Now, if your process is not built in a place of restriction and obsession, and it's just part of your day, and yes, there is going to be some effort involved and there is going to be some thought involved, but it's more about like, I could live my life like this. This isn't bad. Now, chances of you regaining weight go down because you're actually enjoying the process. But people don't think like this. And that's why I talked about the New Year's resolution first, because they go into the year with this, like, I'm going to be so hyper-focused on this goal, when in reality, nobody needs to be that hyper-focused on food and exercise in their body in order to be able to achieve 
the body they want. That should come as a side effect of your lifestyle changes. And your lifestyle changes don't need to be extreme. Okay. So another way of PTSD might be affecting you in your fat loss journey. Maybe you haven't successfully found something that worked for you, but you've tried so many different things that you're literally like burned out with even the thought of thinking about your food. You don't give a shit at this point in your life because you're like, you know what? It ain't worth it. It's I, I just, you now are just conditioned to believe that this is who you are. I can't change because I cannot find anything that works for me. You've tried so many things. And usually it's because you're looking for something that will work quickly. You want that fast dopamine hit from the weight loss and it doesn't come quick enough. So this is where people have to really, you know, look at what they've tried and say, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm choosing things that are so extreme. First, this came to my mind just as I'm saying this. If the diet has a name, it's likely not necessary. I'm not going to say it's not going to work, but it's not necessary. You don't need a, a diet with a label to lose weight. You don't. You don't need crazy cardio to lose weight. You don't need to be, you know, we're, we're cutting out food groups to lose weight. You need to understand what your biggest problems are and become a problem solver. In fact, my last episode, I talked about being a problem solver. Okay. So as I'm talking about all this, I want to kind of go into some things to help you guys now. Okay. Because we want to overcome this fat loss PTSD. Because at the end of the day, and I had this conversation with somebody in the DM today, is she was talking about how uncomfortable she was in her body and how she wanted to go back to restricting her food because she hated herself. Like she hated how she felt. And I'm like, listen, it's okay to have things about your body that you don't like and want to change them, but it needs to come from a place of self-love, not from a place of disgust. Because if it comes from a place of self-hate, you are usually looking for the extremes and that usually isn't sustainable. If it comes from a place of self-love and self-improvement, you're going to be looking for things that are going to actually make you feel better and show up more energized in your day. And that's going to get you way better results long-term because now you're happier. Okay. So when we talk about overcoming this fear, there are a few things that you guys have to realize is number one, it's not your fault. You guys are the prey and people are trying to make money off of people that want to lose weight. Okay. I am a nutrition coach. My profession is coaching people on fat loss for the most part. I have some performance athletes, but a lot of my clients are people that like, they go to the gym, they work out hard, um, but they just don't look the way that they want to. Or some of my clients are significantly overweight and they need something sustainable to be able to lose weight. And they do like fitness, but they know that their fitness would be much better if they uh, honestly were a little bit lighter, you know, there's health problems there. So you, you really have to think about, you know, like the fact that people are trying to make money off of you. And like I said, I am a fat loss coach. I am a nutrition coach. I make my life uh, around helping people. Not everybody has your best interest in heart. There's a lot of really bad marketing out there. A lot of really bad marketing out there. I don't post a lot of transformation photos. Why? Because I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, for one, I, I love that my clients get results, but I also want to see my clients a year from now. And I want to hope that they're still maintaining their results. A lot of those transformations you see, they didn't maintain those results. They're in the same shape as you looking for another diet plan. Okay. So there's so many people preying on you. That's it's, it's not all your fault. And I'm going to give you that. I'm not saying you don't take any blame, but it's not all your fault. Okay. Number two is 
I've already kind of said this on this episode, but like everything you've done has taught you something. If you are listening, it's not about you failing. It's like these things didn't work because this is what happened. This way, when you're going into a new plan, you know what to watch out for your red flags. And even if you're working with a coach, you know what to tell them was hard for you because now you can have somebody help guide you through those times and maybe give you some different things or different strategies for working through those things. So you want to kind of know what actually was the problem so that we can actually fix it. And number three is like, I don't even know if I numbered these, but is don't let your past experiences stop you from the future. If you know you don't want to go back to a crash diet, excessive exercise, restriction, food obsession, body obsession, and avoiding your social life, then don't start a plan that's going to do those things. You don't have to go back there. You can learn something new. It doesn't have to be that way for you to see results. Now, I will be honest and say, anybody looking to lose fat, likely some of your habits right now are causing you to gain fat. And there are some things that you are going to have to leave behind to become somebody different. And in a lot of ways, I ask my clients who struggle is like, if you were actually sitting right now at the weight you felt comfortable at, you looked down at your body and you liked the way that you look, how would you approach 4th of July? What would you be eating? What would you be drinking? What would you do the next day, the day before? Okay. How would you enjoy, how would you be living your life? So live your life like somebody or picture living your life like somebody who has already achieved the results you have, because that's going to be where you're going to be living when you achieve the results. And that's why I said there are going to be some habit changes. Not everything is going to come. Nothing is going to come without any effort. Not everything, but nothing's going to come without effort. You have to put some effort in. But I want to go over kind of like a little bit of a list and help you guys out a little bit. Because as you guys are, are listening to this and you're like, she's right. I do have fat loss PTSD. I am so afraid of failing. I am so afraid of succeeding and then and like putting it all back on. that I don't even want to go back there. All right. Is is taking a look at some of the main problems with why you were not able to sustain the results or sustain the diet long enough to get results. I actually put in a Facebook group that in this podcast episode, I want to kind of troubleshoot a lot of the common problems that people have when it comes to you know, nutrition and losing fat. And I feel like those are two different things, right? Because nutrition isn't just fat loss. Nutrition is obviously nourishing your body, building muscle, filling your workouts. Um, so when it comes to fat loss, which I know most of my listeners would like to be a little bit leaner, not all of them. I think some people are also where they want to be and they just like to listen about nutrition. Um, but I wanted to kind of like, I wrote down a lot of the common problems that people were, were naming. Um, hectic schedule, traveling too much, getting burned out. Uh, they don't want their workouts to suffer. They feel like they have no willpower, hunger, cravings, binge eating sweets, uh, which I'm doing a, an actual live training on binge eating tomorrow. Um, social stuff, getting overwhelmed with all the different things out there. Hormones. That's a big excuse people give me. Um, trying to work around family meals and family stuff, kids schedules, uh, foods that they don't like to eat, can't get enough protein. I got a list of all of these different problems. Okay. And I could literally go down this list. Oh, there was other ones like meal planning and prep. 
I could literally go down this list and give a solution. I can give multiple solutions to each and every one of every one of the things I listed. But that's not the problem. The problem is not these problems. There is a problem that precedes these problems. And that is where people go wrong. Because in order for you to take advantage of any of the solutions that I could give, you have to be open-minded and ready to accept those solutions and know that it's not always going to be what feels the best. If you're too busy to cook and I'm like, hey, why don't you go ahead and get some pre-cooked grilled chicken and pre-cooked shrimp and buy some microwavable rice and some microwavable vegetables? Well, that's kind of a boring meal. Okay, I'm giving you a solution. Why not add some flavor to it by adding some different sauces? Okay, I could give solutions like this to all of these things. You have no willpower. You have hunger cravings. Great. Let's start by feeding you more so that we can actually get those hunger and cravings under control. But I want the weight to go down first. You've got to be in the right mindset to accept the solution to the problem. So it comes down to you becoming, as I already mentioned in one of my last episodes, becoming a problem solver and leaning in to the discomfort of change. It's not about crash dieting, excessive exercise, restriction, food obsession, body obsession, avoiding social stuff, all of these things that are causing you fat loss PTSD. It's about understanding effort in a way that is manageable. Okay. So as I'm going to kind of finish up this, this episode today, because I don't want to go too long and I want to actually pop back in the comments and see who's there, is that most people right now, as they're listening to what I'm talking about, they're thinking about how many times they've ended up back at square one um, or worse off. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. You know, it's, it's July and January, they started something and they fizzled out after day 21. And here they are again, July, and they're like looking at themselves in the bathing suit. And they're like, God, I'd be so different right now if I had stuck to that plan. And they could make a change right now if they wanted to. Um, so you're stopping and you're reflecting the fact that like, I'm back at square one again. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Right now, you're in one of two places. Okay. You could be way worse off. So a lot of you guys are worse off than you were at the beginning of the year because now you have more PTSD. You have another bad memory. Or... You could be someone that's a little bit smarter. All right, that didn't work. I've got to try something a little bit different this time. And it comes down to looking at the mindset around the excuses. So what excuses did you make for yourself? Going back to that, that question, is, what worked and what didn't? What didn't work for you so that you can learn from that? Now that you have these built, I put this, now you have built up the scars of the diet and the memories of all the effort it took. And now you feel like in order to get back there, you know, you are going to have to feel that all over again. That's what's going through your head. And I'm going to be honest. It does not have to be that way. Your past does not have to shape your future. And when I'm talking about this, what I want you guys to think about is if you do CrossFit, all right, we all know when we first start CrossFit, we're so innocent, <laughs> We don't know what to expect. We go in and we see a workout on the board and we're like, that doesn't look too bad. And your coach goes, <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for because <laughs> he's already done the workout. 
Um, you're innocent. You have no idea. And if you're watching on YouTube, you saw my ref reflection or my, my expression. If you're listening on the podcast, you didn't. But you all know that innocent feeling you get when you first step into the CrossFit gym and you have no idea what to expect. That's how you felt when you first started that diet, that first time, that crash diet that worked. You're like, oh, I got this. I'm excited. Okay. Then you burn out. Then you're like, this shit sucks. Okay. It hurts. It hurts bad. Okay. So think about that. Like you open, well, you go into the gym, you see the work on the board and you're all smiley and you're loading up the bar and you're getting set up on your favorite platform. You start doing the workout and you're like, round one feels pretty good. Coming from your first run. You're like, all right, round two, feel a little tired. Go out for your next run. Come back in. You're like, I got another three rounds of this shit. Oh God. <laughs> Suffering sets in. <laughs> Round four comes and you're like, oh man. And then you finally finish the workout. You're like, that was so bad. You write down your score and you're scarred. Six months later, you see that same workout on the board. What are you thinking? Oh shit. I remember how bad that hurt. <laughs> right? Like that's what you guys experience when I'm talking about the fat loss PTSD. You have that. Um, but you can actually use that, right? You can actually use that in your workouts. You can do the same thing with your nutrition because now you can look back and be like, all right, I remember where I went out too hot. I'm going to slow down my run a little bit. I'm going to break up the squats a little bit. Uh, this way I'm a little bit fresher and I'm going to try and push a little harder towards the end. Now you've got some strategy. So you're learning from your innocence and your lack of experience the first time, and you're making a better play on your second round. You PR the workout and you're like, I feel fit. And hopefully you've gotten fit all in the process, right? Same thing here, guys. You can approach your fat loss journey the exact same way. Okay. You can learn what didn't work and you can start to troubleshoot how to make this time a little bit better definitely is a trap. I'm assuming that's probably still Jen. Guys, it is the 4th of July. It is, I'm about 40 minutes into this episode. I know I kind of rambled a little bit. It's just what happens when you, I'm actually in a really good mood today. Uh, and I did not get good sleep last night. Full transparency. I took last week completely off from crate training CrossFit. I just did very easy stuff. Like Monday was a hike. Tuesday was a zone two session. Wednesday, I paddle boarded very easy. Thursday, I did some swimming. Friday, I went to a theme park. And then Saturday, I did like some bodybuilding type stuff at the regular gym. So Monday was like my first day back, like hitting CrossFit. Let me just tell you, I am so sore. And last night, I could feel my central nervous system was just like, it was like just going like, like all the little neurons. So when you guys don't realize how much neurologically goes into your workouts, like yesterday was a perfect example for you guys to experience that. Because last week, no problem sleeping. Last night. I haven't had a hard time falling asleep in months. Usually I have a hard time staying asleep, not falling asleep. I will fall asleep and then I wake up around three or four, but nope. Last night I was like, why am I still awake? What's going on? It's crazy. But uh, anyways, guys, I'm going to hop off here, uh, get some more work done before my 4th of July festivities. If you guys have any topics you want me to talk about, um, please fill me in tomorrow night in my uh, Facebook group. I'm going to be talking about... Um, quote unquote, binge eating, whether you think you are a binge eater or not, 
stress eating, emotional eating, all of that kinds of stuff, hunger cravings, kind of like an all encompassing that feeling of like, I just can't seem to get my shit together. I eat too much. That's really what I want to talk about tomorrow night, uh, giving you guys some of the reasons why that might be happening. And obviously some strategies to kind of help you through that time. So if you want to join in on that, it's tomorrow night in my Facebook group. If you don't have the link, it is in the show notes to go ahead and add yourself into my Facebook group. You do have to answer the questions because I do screen for creepers and people that are looking to try and do marketing in my Facebook group. I want my peeps protected from all that shit. So if you want to join in on that, it's tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like I said, any topics, anything you guys want me to talk about, please post them up for me in the comments. I would love to, uh, obviously, I'm always looking to kind of help out my community. So anything I can do to help you guys out in your journey is what I want to do. So see y'all next time.